This is It Was a Thing on TV. Spoiler number one is Dr. Lee Franz. It stinks. What is going on? <laughs> what is going on? Episode 25, submission number 071. The Joe Schmo Show, season one. It aired on Spike TV, now Paramount Network, from September 2nd, 2003 to October 28th, 2003, for a total of 10 episodes. 10 glorious episodes. 10 sainted, vaunted episodes. So, now that we're all here, hi, I'm Chico, that's Greg, that's Mike. And we're about to talk about the true story of another real fake. And I don't mean the actual guy. I mean the actual show. The show itself is a group of contestants living in the lap of luxury, hoping for $100,000 in the title of Lap of Luxury Champion. There's just one thing, though. Huh? Yeah. Um, Matt Kennedy Gould is one of the contestants, and, and so far as we know, he's the only contestant. It's time for a backstory! So the Joe Schmo Show was created by the team of Paul Wernick and Rhett Reese, who would later go on to be the authors of both Deadpool movies, which were awesome, by the way, and they, what they had in mind was one person, sort of like the Truman Show, one person who didn't know that the reality show he was on was incredibly staged with actors, scripts, writers, producers, and directors. And it was all built around Matt Gould. Yep. He, he was the only one that wasn't in on the joke, if you will. And it was glorious. But also it showed a, a real sense of humanity. I mean, he did so many things in the show which showed how great of a guy he was. Yeah, and the thing of it is, he was originally, you know, he was originally supposed to be the mark because, well, that's what you need when you're pranking somebody is a mark. But the thing of it is, everybody grew to love him. The audience, the producers, the cast... You almost forget that they're actors playing roles. Yeah, it was so bizarre that ultimately in the end, uh, in episode nine, before the aftermath, where they, they showed uh, everything about basically how it all broke down and how they sort of purposely tried to let Matt win, uh, you know, just because you, know, you don't want to boot him off because he's the central character in this, even though he doesn't know it. He, he uttered a phrase, and if you missed it, it's in our new open but we'll put it in here. What? Matt? <laughs> what is going on? What is going on? What is going on? Whenever you think of the Joe Schmo show, that is the one moment you think of at the top of your head. Oh, that is the only moment. But how we got there, oh, brilliant. Oh, Oh, th yeah, th th this is well, just amazing. Yeah. 
So before we get there, let's introduce our uh, esteemed cast of characters by way of a, a reenactment of the opening narration from uh, Family Guy, Family Guy voice actor Ralph Garman. <clears throat> what would you do if your entire world turned out to be fake? If an army of writers, producers, and actors spent over a year creating TV's most elaborate experiment around you. They plotted your every move, recorded it 24 hours a day, and put it on national television. Well, that's exactly what happened to this guy. Meet Matt Kennedy Gould. One real guy competing for $100,000 on a reality show that he doesn't know is fake. Starring nine actors. By the way, this is a Chico note. Some of these names will sound familiar. Oh, yes. I was just going to say that uh, a number of these people went on to much bigger and better things. Yeah. Specifically and... one, but there's legitimately four people on here who really, at some point, went on to bigger and better things. Yes. Yeah. Melissa Yvonne Lewis as Ashley, the rich bitch. David Hornsby as Hutch, the asshole. Angela Dotson as Molly, the virgin. Franklin Jones as Earl, the veteran. Nikki Davis as Gina, the schemer. Lance Kroll as Kip, the gay guy. Brian Keith Etheridge as Brian, the buddy. Kristen Wiig as Dr. Pat, the quack. And me. Ralph Garman as the smarty host, all performing for the one guy who thinks it's all real. And, and Chico mentioned a couple of names that, well, at least one name should sound familiar to everybody who's listening. Kristen Wiig. Yeah. And I know back in the day, Greg, he, like, just loved what she did. Oh, absolutely oh hilarious. God. Talking about Dr. Pat, Dr. Pat, Dr. Pat. Oh, boy. And, and, this is about, and this is about the time that she, I think, hit it sort of big with uh, SNL. So you're talking probably about 12 years ago at this point. Just, well, actually, it's 2003, so it would be 17 years. Well, well, I... I uh, well, Kristen Wiig wasn't on SNL until like 05, 06. Yeah, but but like I said, I think she, you know when she hit it big, that that was like the keywords. I know she might have started SNL before, but I don't. Th I really think she gained her, I don't want to say notoriety, her popularity as we got later into about again 2007, 2008, when she started doing the uh, the Target uh, lady, and she was yeah. doing the Lawrence Welk singer with the the baby arms. <laughs> I'm sorry, yes. that's classic. I die whenever I see that. And folks, this won't be the last time we talk about Kristen Wiig on this podcast, because we'll be talking about her in future entry with Will Ferrell, A Deadly Adoption. Uh, yeah, we will. So we have, again, all of these actors playing all of these reality show tropes, and Matt who has absolutely no idea what any of this is leading up to. But also, just before we go on, just quickly, the other names that you might recognize, 
Uh, Lance Kroll, who played the gay guy, like to the hilt. He was. Oh. I don't know if you could say you know there's a perfect gay guy. He played like the perfect gay guy. He did such a great job. He had his own uh, self-titled TV show on Comedy Central a number of years back. Oh, should we add that to the list? I'm adding it to the list. The Lance Crawl has been added to the list. Yay! Show prep in the middle of recording. Yeah, never, never uh, an issue around here. And then David Hornsby, uh, the asshole. Greg, you can oh, tell people where he's from because you, you know more about the subject than I do. Yeah, David Hornsby would be best known today among television viewers as Rickety Cricket on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And fun fact, guys, do you know who David Hornsby is married to? No, who's David Hornsby married to? Emily Dachanel. Oh, okay. Yes, damn it. He, he is married to God Zoe. Damn it. <laughs> yes, he is the brother-in-law to Zoe Deschanel. So he he married Emily Deschanel. There's no bones that's about called, it. That's called marrying up, by the way. Okay, you missed the joke. I said okay. Emily Deschanel. Oh, that's interesting. There's no bones about it. <laughs> Bravo. But also, uh, the other person is the host himself, Ralph Garman. You may not remember this. Uh, and, and most of you probably don't unless you saw it on my YouTube page back in the day. But he was a contestant in 1992 on a very small cable game show called Future Installment. <laughs> I just love putting that in there. Let's go back. Oh, yeah, but enough about Scott Sternberg's soul turn his host. But then also, after this, Ralph Garman, he's been doing a ton of voices on Family Guy. So he's had very consistent work since just about the time this originally aired. Yeah, and he's also uh, done some work on Kevin Smith's various podcasts. Like, uh, I think Hollywood Babylon's the one show that they do together. Well, let's get into the show itself. What... What's the meat of the potato here? As we said, the uh, the entire premise of the show was basically this whole show was centered around Matt Kennedy Gould, and he was going to be the winner uh, ultimately, unless he either quit or or he did something stupid. But he, he was just such a great game player. I mean, he, he was such a genuine person. I mean, if I was a single girl. Oh, God, I would have fallen in love with him because he was just the sweetest, most empathetic and sympathetic person. Oh, he, he was just such a great human being. Well, America ultimately fell in love with him because by the time the show ended, it ranked among one of the top, the finale ranked one of, among one of the top cable entries for, for uh, all of 2003. Over 3 million viewers. And, and actually, the finale got the best ratings for Spike TV slash the National Network slash TNN in its history outside of wrestling. Safe to say it probably threw more than TNA wrestling. Am I right? Oh! <laughs> this podcast draws more uh, viewers and listeners than TNA wrestling. What are you trying to say? But yeah, so uh, the whole hoax here was a show called Lap of Luxury. 
And Chico mentioned earlier the $100,000 top prize being given to the eventual winner, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Mm-hmm. A- yeah. And and it was basically a stereotype of like all of the other reality shows at the time. It was basically Survivor in a house. It, it, yep. it was wacky Survivor in a very fancy house, yes. Mm-hmm. Of course, you have some games for prizes and you're trying to avoid the dreaded moment in the show when your commemorative plate is smashed in the fire in the fireplace or as ralph put it one of you is about to say goodbye to high society and return to your sad existence of working for the man and of course after the player was voted off he'd say he'd state a rhyming couplet that would go ashes to ashes dust to dust blank name you're dead to us and then he would throw the plate into the fireplace breaking it and and the look of disgust on some of the uh the the, the people still in the game when that was done oh oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> again they played this to the hilt the only one who wasn't in on this was was uh, joe schmo himself so yeah so you may have had a little bit of overacting or or something like that from uh the rest of the, the cast but it was, I mean, it's a parody in and of itself. It's great. It's incredibly meta. Oh, super meta. That It was meta before meta was a thing. Meta was a thing on TV. But that's another, but that's another episode. Please continue. So we began the show on September 2nd, 2003 on Spike, and it was a two-hour premiere, folks. This was heavy hyped. I remember all the promos on Spike TV plugging this, and I was like, oh, my God, there's going to be a show about a guy who's on a reality show, and he has no idea that the entire reality show around him is fake. Oh, my God. And and the big hype is, how is this show going to end? Well, also in the promos, the big thing that we mentioned earlier, what is going on? I mean, that was like the the, the big draw was uh, in the ads was Matt Gould saying, what's going on? So you had to see what was going on. (laughs) But we will get to what was going on momentarily because greg you've got the episode guides up yeah so let me read each episode one at a time for you okay the first episode in episode one viewers meet matt kennedy gould the unknowing mark on a phony reality program called lap of luxury he meets the various other players on the show who unbeknownst to him are all secretly actors and actresses working from a script Things get started right away with the first pampering competition, a game in which everyone dresses up in each other's undergarments. The game is rigged so that Matt will lose, and he's forced to wear Kips for the rest of the day. Kip would probably enjoy it if Kip were real. Episode 2, the second part of the two-hour premiere. The Hutch perfectly plays his role as the asshole, irritating everyone, but winning quote-unquote immunity in a game called Hands on a high-priced hooker. Matt forms an alliance with Gina the schemer, but doesn't know what to do when he's caught in a setup in which the other players find her secret notebook where she's been writing mean things about them. The first ridiculous riches-to-rags eviction ceremony 
Gina is booted from the game, and Matt ends up all too happy with it after he deduces that she cast her vote for him. Ooh. Ooh. Well, it would make sense if it was a a if it was a unanimous decision that Gina was to be evicted, and b if it was all real. Yes. Well, the thing that scares me is, you know, uh, even Matt getting some votes. Now, I think if he got no votes, that would be suspicious. You know, one yeah, here or there no. is, is not suspicious. But what if you had, like, three or four people voting for him in that episode? Then, you're, you know, your whole premise is blown up unless you say, oh, well, you got immunity because you found the, the secret notebook of Gina in, you know, her bedroom or whatnot. But remember, these are actors working on a script, so Matt is going to stay on for as long as possible. Otherwise, he got no show. Continue, yep. Greg. Yep. Episode three. Kip takes the opportunity to share some of the photos he's collected in his creature comfort item, his photo album. Molly is relieved when she learns that her suspicions that Matt has caught on to the fakeness of the show are misplaced. A pampering competition features the supposed dirty laundry of the various cast members and makes them dress up in funny outfits. The guys lose this competition, allowing Hutch to pull a prank in which he replaces the photos in Kip's album with ones of his own ass. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, continue. At dinner, Ralph gives all the players autographed headed shots of themselves. Later, everyone says nice things to each other in the hot tub. That's great. I think the only way this would have been better is if somehow Kip got a photo of his own ass that was autographed. <laughs> well, we'll stick around. He just might. And you know, those would be valuable on eBay nowadays. Who wouldn't want a Kristen Wiig as Dr. Pat photo signed Dr. Pat? <laughs> think of the possibilities. I mean, that I think that would be cool. Yeah, I know Greg would have that hanging yeah. in his bedroom. Yeah, it'd be hanging right next to the pictures of Super Train and Second Chance and Mr. Smith on my wall. Jeez! Oh, Episode 4. Ashley reveals to Beth that she has a secret crush on Ralph, the host, and also that she thinks that Molly may not be as innocent as she seems. Matt is not impressed and begins scheming to try and vote her off the show. The immunity challenge showcases the various cast members displaying special talents, such as Kip doing bad magic and Matt beatboxing. Hutch, quote-unquote, wins the competition, judged by Ralph and Survivors 2's Jerry Maffney by performing a moving rendition of America the Beautiful. Emotions run high at the Richard Rags eviction ceremony. Matt's plan does not go as he had hoped, and it is Earl who is evicted from the show. Matt takes his ejection hard, along with the rest of the cast, and everyone involved with the project is left wondering if it's right to continue it. Yep. Boy, we had a Jerry Manthe sighting. I mean, that wasn't, you know, rare in 2003. Everybody milking their survivor time. You mean yeah. Jerry Manthe was on a show besides Survivor? I'm sh shocked. This is my Shock face. No, I'm just saying, uh, not necessarily just Jerry Manthe, but like everybody from season one and season two of Survivor, uh, you had Richard Hatch, you had Rudy Bosch, who just unfortunately passed away within the last year or so, and you had um, 
uh, oh gosh, what, uh, you had uh, that Colleen girl. I can't think of her name. Co- Colleen, Colleen Haskell. Haskell. Yes, Colleen Haskell was. Uh, she did movies. She was with. Uh, she, I think David Spade. Rod Schneider in the Animal. Yeah, it was box office gold. Well, fool's gold. And, and also, you had uh, Elizabeth Hasselbeck before she became married to a, a football backup quarterback. Yep. So everybody is wondering if they should even continue with this farce. And ultimately, it's resolved in the next episode, which Greg is about to go over. Episode 5. The game continues despite the tensions caused by the previous week's eviction of Earl. Matt is shocked to learn of an apparent one-night stand between Dr. Pat and Hutch. The immunity competition causes real trauma for Dr. Pat. She's knocked down and hurt by Matt in a sumo uniform and has to be taken to the hospital. Matt later gives her his prize for winning the sumo competition before the start of the immunity game, Master Debater, which Matt wins. The Riches to Rag ceremony features a special offer, a $25,000 reward if she will leave the game voluntarily. And this is probably maybe one of my favorite episodes from this uh, first season of the show. Because I, if I'm not mistaken, Kristen Wiig actually got like a concussion from this competition. Well, yeah, she, she went to the hospital. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was bad. Oh, yeah. This was, yeah, she was definitely in the protocol. And they had to call in a for-real ambulance. Of course, they had to uh, find some way to get uh, get Matt away as... Uh, they're they're uh, carting Kristen Wiig off, obviously. Uh, but the next day, uh, Doctor Doctor Pat returns, and Matt, because he's Matt freaking Kennedy Gould, ladies and gentlemen, decides to give him give her his prize. And again, that really tugged at heartstrings. Absolutely. That that shows how genuine and nice he was. But just Dr. Patton Hutch, I'm sorry, that sort of proves that the asshole always gets the, the top prize. Always gets the, the good females or spouses or partners. I'm gonna be an asshole. That'll get me a girlfriend. Don't be don't don't walk down that road, Mike. I'm don't kidding. Walk, I'm I'm don't kidding. Don't walk down I, that road, Mike Klaus. I'm kidding. I'm a genuine person. I would never do that. But the best part is, I, if I'm not mistaken, Ralph gives offers Dr. Pat the $25,000. And she's like, oh, yeah, so I'll just take the money. <laughs> it's I before think- she got on SNL. Can you blame her? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even so. Yeah, you imagine, yeah, she's probably going to take it. She's, she's, she, she's a no... She's in no state to continue after Matt clocked her, albeit accidentally. Episode 6. The drama between Molly and Ashley continues when Ralph pulls aside Molly for a private conference. The pampering competition forces Ralph to dress up in a bee costume, something with which he is not happy at all about. Matt and Molly are paired up in the competition and lose, and they face the penalty, being handcuffed to each other for the rest of the day. Molly's fake boyfriend comes by to play the guitar for and sing a song, but goes ballistic when he sees her chained to Matt and wearing a bikini. 
Ralph makes an executive decision to remove the handcuffs, and then the two of them go off for a little private time, while Matt laments that the show is starting to effing drive him crazy. Ashley wins an immunity challenge that's Matt's worst nightmare. Models covered with chocolate, which he finds gross, her immunity turns out not to matter, because at riches to rags, the Hutch is tossed out of the game for making threats towards Kit but not before grabbing his collector plate out of Ralph's hands and thrusting it into the fireplace. Yeah, that that was one of the uh, landmark clips of the series, which was uh, Hutch taking his own plate and basically doing what comes natural after you've been unceremoniously kicked off the show, which is like, screw this show, screw you guys, screw this plate, screw this fireplace, screw everything, uh, I might screw you later, Molly. Uh. But again, he's playing the asshole to the hilt. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. That is a chef's kiss in assholery. And then in episode seven, the Hutch returns to the show, along with a legal-sounding document aimed at Matt, who had spent some time at law school. With his return, Ralph announces that it's double trouble day. Two people will win immunity, but two will be sent packing. Matt balks at a gross food challenge that would supposedly require him to eat dog feces, leading to a meeting with a Spike TV executive. The over-the-top executive convinces Matt to get Molly and Ashley to kiss so that they can win the prize for the competition of 42-inch television. 42 inches was a lot in 2003. And it was probably a CRT TV, not like a plasma. No, no it was a plasma. It was oh, a plasma. Oh, that was expensive back in the day. Wow. Mm-hmm. Later, both Matt and Hutch win immunity in the rigged Lord of the Manor immunity showdown, which didn't go quite as planned. At the richest rag ceremony, Molly and Kip are ejected, and Ashley gets another opportunity to whine about Molly's supposed flirting, when Ralph lets her keep her ceremonial collector's plate, and then the two of them kiss. Because it's Spike TV. This is what men wanted in 2003, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, some men are still waiting for it in 2020. <laughs> hey, hey, guys, they didn't call Spike TV the first network for men for nothing. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. All right. Episode 8. At the top of the episode, Ralph reveals a surprise sudden death eviction. Matt goes through the motions of plotting to vote out his friend Brian. But in the sudden death ceremony with Ralph wearing their immunity robe, Matt, Brian, and Hutch all vote out Ashley. After an appropriately snotty speech, she leaves, and then the entire cast returns, as the, the final ceremony will be coming shortly to determine the winner of the $100,000. A final dinner causes a minor panic in Brian and Hutch when Matt reveals that he thought that maybe the fake network executive from the previous episode could be an actor. At the final ceremony, Brian, Hutch, and Matt answer questions poised to them by the evicted cast, and then a vote is held to determine the winner of the $100,000. Five out of six votes are revealed, but the sixth is left a mystery to be shown in the season finale. Ooh, it's a cliffhanger! So, guys, at the end of episode eight, it was all down to Dr. Pat. She had the final vote to see who would win the competition. And so, in the final episode... On October 28, 2003, we take a look back at some of the highlights of the show. And afterwards, we pick up where we left off 
waiting for the reveal of the final vote to determine the winner of the $100,000. So it's in the hands of Dr. Pat, and her choice is Hutch. Well, of course, because Hutch didn't knock her out and send her to the hospital. Yeah, and yeah. Hutch, Hutch, I believe Hutch and Dr. Pat, uh, you know what? We'll continue, Greg. Well, we mentioned earlier that they were definitely a thing on TV in 2003, if you know what I mean. They were an after-hours thing on TV. Oh, jeez. Hutch just declared the winner, and there's a big celebration with balloons and everything until the fake Spike TV executive comes in, and Ralph makes an announcement that someone is not who they claim to be. Matt then learns that the Hutch is actually an actor. In fact, everyone is. The show is based around him, and he is the winner of the $100,000, as, well as, uh, as well as all of the other prizes from the show. Next, Matt has a meet-and-greet session with all the cast and crew and learns how this great reality experiment was put together. It was really one of the great moments in reality TV. Uh, I, again, just the, the utter shock, the utter surprise. Uh, and, and, I mean, again, Matt was, like, overcome with emotions over this whole thing. You're getting the $100,000. You're getting the trip. You're getting the TV. You're getting all this. And this whole series was made for you, and we spent a year working on it. It was it really was beautiful TV. Beautiful. Yeah, and, and, and one of the prizes he got, which was actually a genius of corporate synergy, a trip to the real lap of luxury, the Spike TV launch party at the Playboy Mansion. Oh, there's the other part. That's why it's the lap of luxury, at the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> this was back when the Playboy Mansion was actually in Los Angeles. And if I'm not mistaken, wasn't the Spike TV launch party not officially the Spike TV launch party? Because wasn't yeah, that during uh, that... Because wasn't that during awkward. that whole... Yeah, when Spike Lee's like, no, hold on. No, no, no. If people watch Spike TV, they're going to think I'm involved. Like, What? Right, you remember? Yeah, he actually filed a lawsuit because yeah, they, they, he didn't want people confusing uh, Spike TV with him, or or it, it, there may have been some possible defamation or something. But I remember that Spike Lee did file a lawsuit. Yes. Yeah, and, and ultimately there was an injunction that prevented Viacom, which owns the network at the time, from using the Spike name until the matter was resolved. Well, obviously, the matter was resolved, and they went from TNN. The, they built themselves in commercials as, like, today, tonight on the first network for men, but they were using the TNN logo. But ultimately, they did go on to uh, use the Spike name, and the rest, as they say, is history. And then it became Paramount Network, and here we are. Yeah. yeah. So... So, and that was the Joe Schmo show. Oh, uh, no, it is. We about... still have an aftermath to talk about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Talk about the aftermath. So we head into Joe Schmo, the aftermath. In Joe Schmo, the aftermath, we learn such tidbits as the most tense moment for the cast and crew. How much Matt really suspected about what was happening on a scale of 1 to 10. And which of the girls Matt really lusted after the most. Matt also learns many things that he never knew before about the show. Shaxon surprises abound in a very candid interview session with Matt. 
Yeah, this is sort of like uh, seeing how the proverbial sausage was made. And again, it was very in-depth, very complex, and uh, it, it, just fascinating. I mean, it was a great way to wrap up the show. It, it's, it's better than like every other reality show where, okay, you found uh, you know your, your boyfriend or you're the last survivor. Let's have this little after party. Yeah, woo! No, no, they actually showed like how we how we got there. That was like again, absolutely. It was brilliant. smart. It was absolutely it, it, smart. It was super smart, especially if they only did one season of this. But that's another episode. Mm-hmm. But this wasn't the end for anybody, for everybody here on the Joe Schmo Show. It's like we said, uh, the creators, Paul Wernick and Rhett Reese, they would end up being really big deals in Hollywood. They worked on Zombieland. Nice. And they also worked on uh, both Deadpool movies. Also nice. And you already know what Kristen Wiig is doing. We're going to get more depth into seasons two and the eventual reboot in 2013 in later episodes. But uh, Joe Schmo 2 was... Similar, but not as good. It, 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 nobody could beat the reactions and how Matt was in season one, but they tried, and it was a little different. It, 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 we'll, again, we'll get into it later. I don't want to spoil too much. Uh, we did get at least one quality actor or actress from the season two cast, uh, someone by the name of Natasha Leggero, who you would better know from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh-huh. Nine, nine. other things and other things but she, she's probably best known for that uh and then also the uh return in 2013 really there's one name which sticks out and it's because of the uh actor's last name but also he's has a job nowadays let's say that a, a, a job that there may be some familiarity with robert belushi who is the son of jim belushi and currently hosts the game show network show Get a Clue. Yep. Future entry? Get No, no. It's, no. A, it's, it's, it's a good enough show in its own right. We'll, we'll see how that works out. Chico, I think now you can put closure on it. I'm about to put closure on it. The Joe Schmo Show. One, one poor Schmo thinks it's all real, and, and everybody else knows the truth, though. It was a thing on TV. It was a, it was a thing on TV. It was a thing on TV, and you can get it now on DVD on Amazon Prime for $10.97. Well, actually, I, I was at a, uh, a used video game and uh, DVD store earlier this week, and I did see a copy of, I think it was even the uncensored version of Season 1, I should have asked how much it was and bought it, but I, I figured, you know what? I have good enough memories of the show, and gosh knows what would be on the uncensored uh, discs. Probably a little mo bit more of that kissing and and uh, and Matt being uh, handcuffed to uh, the one girl. It takes and off the it takes off all the uh, bloops and bleeps and all, leaves in all of the filth. And and probably there's some nudity with the chocolate uh, being poured on uh, the, that competition, but yep. uh, yeah, it's out there if you uh, want to pay a little bit money for it. 
the DVD box set of the show, the 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 aired version, the 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 censored version, if you will, is available on eBay. But for years, oh my, this has been selling for amazing amounts of money. I mean, I don't think I remember back in the day that it went easily for like fifty or sixty dollars. I mean, this is legitimately maybe a twenty or thirty dollar box set, but it was selling for a lot more. So yep. either there's rarity or people remember the show, and I think it might be a combination of both, but definitely uh, column B that people remember it and enjoyed it. Yep. So that's Joe Schmo season one at the very least, and at some time in the future we'll cover Joe Schmo season two and the eventual reboot. Because they stand out in their own rights. Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. Oh, oh, absolutely. Especially especially season three. Especially the reboot. Oh, yes. We, we will definitely be getting into that at some point. For now, just remember that you can find us at www.itwasthethingontv.com. That'll hook you up with our social media feeds. That'll hook you up with previous episodes. You can even contact us through there or through Facebook, through Twitter. We're here. Definitely feel free to send us uh, communication. And actually, we, we received uh, some communication this week with some ideas from one of our listeners. And believe it or not, if this was like match game, we would have like won the, like the big prize. We would have won the $30,000 because this person gave three ideas. And actually, one of them we added. And Greg was in disbelief. That was a thing on TV? Oh, Greg, I remember that was a thing on TV, yes. But the other two, we actually already had on the list, one of which we're going to cover next month. So, again, thank you for your feedback. Thank you for listening. And we'll be back later on this week with another episode of another thing that was on TV. Bye-bye. What is going on? (laughs) It's the end of the podcast. That's what's going on. Oh, okay. Uh.